You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Welcome back to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. Again, I am your host, Isaac Watson. Uh, For those of you that are first time uh, listeners, Thank you so very much. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode and this podcast. Uh, I want to open this up by reading one of our reviews from one of our listeners. And this one is from Chantrell P. And uh, she began and she said, awesome podcast. Love the podcast and the topics that you cover. This is so awesome. And you're really helping others by sharing your wisdom and revelation. Thank you so much for that, uh, Chantrell. I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate you taking the time um, to review and just letting and uh, just sharing your thoughts. Um, Listen, you all really help to keep me encouraged and continuing on. Uh, continuing on with Church Talk with Isaac. Um, We've done it every week since January, and uh, I don't plan on stopping or slowing down anytime soon. So thank you so much for that. Um, Listen, the rest of you, I want you to do something for me. Uh, I want you to stop doing whatever you're doing now. I want you to take the time to rate Church Talk with Isaac. And I also, if you can, take a minute or so, and uh, if you have not written a review, go ahead and just take a moment to write a review. Let me know how Church Talk with Isaac has impacted you, has uh, helped to to uh, um, to change your mind about some things or even help to reinforce certain things that you might have believed. Um, Again, we talk about everything church related and I want to hear your feedback. Not only does it help uh, me to know what you're thinking and how you feel about the podcast, it also helps others who are looking for podcast episodes, podcasts uh, like this one. Um, It helps to get Church Talk with Isaac and make it more visible so that people can um, can see it so that they can follow. And uh, so your ratings really do help. Um, your reviews really do help. So thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do that. All right. I want to jump into this next episode. I actually an- initially planned to do this as a bonus episode, but my uh, uh, this week has been crazy. Uh, I haven't had time to get around to it uh, earlier on. So I'm just going to do it now. My last episode I did, episode 31, we dealt with the topic immoral and in charge, immoral and in charge. And we talked about the difference between immoral leadership and imperfect leadership. So I encourage you go back and take a listen to that episode today. um, Excuse me. Within that episode towards the end, I said that I wanted to do a bonus episode dealing with what we call church hurt. And uh, I want to I want to talk about that. So today we are going to deal with that. I'm going to deal with this topic. I haven't had it. I don't have a title for it yet. I think I'm maybe I'll call it the church hurt me. So let's go ahead and let's let's deal with that. All right. Um, church hurt. It's something that we hear tossed around. It's something that uh, actually many people, they become wounded. They've had experiences and uh, things that might have turned them off from the church, things that made them leave God, leave the church, things that have made them um, um, discommunicate themselves or excommunicate themselves from Jesus and from anything church related. So my question to you uh, is, is church hurt real? Is church hurt a real thing? Is it church hurt? People call it church hurt. Maybe it's leadership hurt. Um, Is it real? Uh, Is it a such thing as that? And, And actually, I've heard many, many, many people say 
that church hurt is not a real thing. Like church hurt does not exist. What we call church hurt is really people hurt. And I want to say that I don't believe that's true. I think at one point I believed that to be true. But as as I started kind of studying it more and looking deeper into that and what people think, I want to say that I believe church hurt is a real thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to take some time uh, and we're going to kind of dive into this. I'm going to I'm going to break down some concepts for you and hopefully you get a better understanding. And then we're going to take some time to walk through what's necessary in order to get over um, this type of hurt. All right. Now. I want to open up and say this, that I believe churches can hurt people. Churches can hurt people. Isaac, how can you say that that the church can hurt people? It's really the people that's hurting people. Well, I believe churches can hurt people. And the first thing we have to do is get an understanding of what the church actually is. We have to look at what the church is. And and then I believe that as we look at that, what I'm saying will actually make a little bit more sense to you. First of all. We have to understand that the church itself is twofold. The church itself is twofold. You have the church, which essentially is the body of Christ. These uh, the church, the global church, which is essentially the bride of Christ. And what we have to understand about the church is that the church itself is eternal. The church itself is a spiritual entity. The church itself um, is is something that that God created in his mind. And uh, one of the things that we have to understand is that the church was not an afterthought from God. It was not a plan B. Some people almost have it in their mind as if the church itself was like this plan B after Israel failed or whatever the case may be. But the church itself was not a plan B. The church was always the eternal plan of God for all men to dwell and to be in fellowship with him, to dwell and to be in fellowship with God. Everything else that we encounter in this life, in this world, even in the Bible, uh, particularly in the Old Testament, everything else are really just types and shadows. But we see that we see that God's design and God's purpose for the, 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 um, the earth is for all things to dwell in him. And uh, and uh, I encourage you to actually go and to read the book of Ephesians because Ephesians really dives into the spiritual nature of the church, how it's just not a physical entity, but the church itself is a is a spiritual entity. Uh, even when we look at things like Adam and Eve, I'm just going to take a, a minute to do this. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, although I believe they were real people, Adam and Eve, they had their children. They also had uh, um, they also had Seth, who the line of uh, that Jesus came through. Adam and Eve were real people, but even Adam and Eve were only types and shadows uh, of what God intended, which is the church. Adam is known uh, as the first man. Uh, uh, Christ, Jesus is known as the last Adam. So we can see Adam as almost being like a type of Jesus. And Eve can be looked at as a type of bride, a type of church whose uh, mandate God gave them is to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Same thing that God gives a church. 
uh, as a as a as a command, as a commission to do that. We are to fill the earth that Christ may fill all things. We would be fruitful that salvation may reach the ends of the earth, that many may be adopted and brought into fellowship through Christ Jesus. So it's a type and shadow. Christ, however, is the reality. Let's look at Ephesians chapter three. I'm going to read. I'm going to start at verse 10. It says uh, it pretty much says that the manifold wisdom of God is made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So the eternal purpose of God always consisted of the church. It was in God's mind. Hear me. The church was in God's mind before for it materialize in the earth. Amen. All right. So the eternal church, the body of Christ itself, if this is the case, if it's eternal, if it is spiritual, then we have to understand that the that that the church, the bride of Christ uh, is actually perfect. The bride of Christ, the church, the body of Christ is without blemish. Now, Ephesians chapter five, verse 25, it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Now, some would say that Jesus and, and, and I've heard this preached. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast episode, you've probably heard this preached um, that Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Get right, church, and let's go home. Get right, church, and let's go home. So we have been indoctrinated with the idea that the church is imperfect. But really, the verse in Ephesians chapter five, it's not dealing with what will happen in the end times. It's not dealing with what will happen at the end of uh, the age it's actually speaking of what jesus did on the cross calvary has washed the, the bride the church is sanctified and cleansed already the church is washed and glorious already go ahead and go go back and read those verses the church is already without spot the church is already without wrinkle because the bible says because ephesians said paul said uh this is the case because he himself gave himself for her he gave jesus gave himself for her so the church is already holy i hope you all are listening to me the church is already holy the church the body and the bride of christ is the blueprint it's already holy the eternal church can in no way hurt people because the eternal church is holy, is without blemish, is without spot, it's without wrinkle, it's washed by the word of God. Jesus, through his blood, has sanctified her and has presented her unto himself already. Oftentimes we put that in future tense, but really, Paul is Paul is actually speaking about what Jesus has purchased and what Jesus has done by his work through his work on Calvary. So we are to look at this eternal bride, this eternal church as our blueprint. This what I'm what I'm describing now, the eternal church, the church is the intended design. All right. But again, we're talking about church hurt. So I had to break all that down because we got to get to the second part. Again, I said that the church is twofold. All right. The first part of that fold is the eternal church. 
The second fold of the church, however, is the local church. And this is where things get muddy. The local church is the second fold of the church. All right. Now, the local church is the expression of the church that is intended to display uh, and the, ex the expression of the church that's intended to uh, materialize the intended church or the eternal church. All right. So the local church is the earthly expression of the eternal blueprint of the divine church. Um, we pray a prayer out of out of Matthew chapter six. Let uh, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we look at what's heavenly or what's spiritual, there is a design. There is a model. There is a blueprint there. Um, we see that. Uh, uh, even with if we look at the story of Moses, Moses was on the mountaintop. He was on Mount uh, 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 Sinai. He was on Mount Sinai and on Mount Sinai. He received the revelation of, of a of of a tabernacle to build. He now. So what he built, what he materialized by building the outer courts, inner courts, holy of holies. All he did was built what God spoke to him and showed him was an eternal pattern in heaven. So the church is the same way for the church. There is an eternal pattern in heaven. But with the local church, the local church uh, is purposed to create um, what that eternal model looks like. So the local church is the earthly expression of the eternal blueprint of what the church is. Now, the thing with that, the problem that comes with the church is not with the eternal blueprint. The problem is with the earthly expression. It's not with the eternal church. The problem is with the local church. That is where things get muddy. That is where Things can get messy. That is where people can be abused with the eternal church. What we have to understand is that the eternal church, when we when we talk about the church, the church cannot hurt people. This is why Jesus did all the work himself to sanctify her. The eternal church is the perfect Christ culture. All right. The eternal church is the perfect Christ culture. With the local church, however, the responsibility is given. Jesus did the work eternally. But with the local church, the responsibility has been given over to men and women to create and build Christ culture. So let me say that again. With the eternal church, Christ culture is perfect. The eternal church is a perfect Christ culture. But with the local church, the responsibility is given to men and women to create and build Christ culture. And the fact of the matter, the sad reality, I don't even know if it's a sad reality. I think it's just human. Um, but the fact of the matter is that people do not always get it right. People don't always get it right. So church hurt, again, can't happen from the eternal church, but it can happen from the local church. It can happen through now. Now, to debunk the idea of churches don't hurt people, people hurt people and all of that. This is the thing. If you are in a toxic culture, if you are in an organization and if you are under toxic leaders, um, then you can be hurt by that culture. You can become damaged by the toxicity that is interwoven within the systems of that culture, within the systems of that organization. You can be hurt by this system empowering the wrong people, 
toxic people. You can be you can become a, a wounded. You can become abused. You can become misused um, through people who uh, who are who are governing and who have set these systems in place to now. These systems are, are run by 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 pride. You're, you, you, um, they're running. They're, excuse me. They're being run by the proud. They're being run by the merciless. They're being run by the perverse. And all of these things are moving and are a part of this culture. All right. Passivity within a culture insensitivity within a culture, greed within a culture and things like these. In these types of toxic cultures, what we see oftentimes of what we call church hurt is people being taken advantage of. We take advantage uh, uh, um, of 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 the vulnerable we take advantage of people's secrets because these systems these these uh they they teach an unhealthy uh level of of contact and communication where where we begin to use people's secrets as leverage against them there's many different things that can happen where someone can go into a place healthy and they can leave unhealthy i've seen people go into a church and churches with healthy marriages and then all of a sudden their marriages are in shambles all of a sudden they they on their way to divorce court i've seen people go into uh, churches and because of the culture of that church not being healthy when you got perversion operating in that culture you have all types of things operating in that culture now all of a sudden your standards are being lowered because you've looked at this church as your standard when you don't understand that this local church is not uh, properly representing God's eternal church so just because a local church does something wrong, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are rightly representing what God has intended for his church to look like. Local churches, which we see many of them just in, in one town or one city, we see thousands of them in one city alone, local churches, and each of them can operate and do things differently just depending on how that individual, those leaders are building and are developing and are cultivating and are creating culture within that church. Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy? Because the fact of the matter is that that culture is going to reflect the leadership. The culture that's being developed is going to be a byproduct of whatever that senior leader or those senior leaders or that team or whatever. However, the church is organized is going to is going to reflect that individual or these people's standards, their morals, the principles that they live by and ultimately who they are. Because people are going to always hear what you say, but they're going to receive they're going to receive impartation of who you are. So toxic cultures are. Are a real thing, even within a church. And people can be wounded by toxic culture. People can be wounded by seeing sin not be addressed. People can get wounded by passivity where things are um, 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 are being handled in a way to where there's no authority. There's no order. There's 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 chaos everywhere. People can be hurt by systems that endorse pride and abuse where we are abusing people and overworking people through our systems that we set in place. And we and we and we call it loyalty or we call it 
servitude, but really it's slavery and really it's abuse. We have these types of things that really happens and people are wounded. People leave churches because of immorality. People leave churches because of sexual sin. People leave churches because of 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 drunk because they see their leaders getting drunk. They don't see them operating in godliness or what they would think should be a model or an example. Come on. We have churches with homosexuality where where uh, where where pedophilia happens within uh, ministries where 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 all types of things are going on, where pastors and leaders in churches are stealing money, all kinds of things. And they're funding their own purposes illegally. I mean, there's a bunch of things that goes on that people see and people experience firsthand. And to be quite honest, it hurts them. So, yes, church hurt can be a real thing. All right. Now, I want to take this second part and I'm almost done. All right. But I want to take a moment to talk about some steps uh, that can be taken. Those of you who may be listening and you may have experienced church hurt on on whatever front. I want to talk about how to overcome church hurt. I want to talk about some healthy steps that you can take to overcome church hurt because church hurt is a real thing when you have unhealthy expectations church hurt can can occur expectations on your leadership expectations on um, just on your church period church hurt can occur let's talk about how to overcome it all right number one what you have to what i recommend is if if it is possible try to have a conversation if it's an individual if it's a team of people Whatever it may be. I, OK. OK. So one of the things that that um, within the church that I lead encounter worship center, one of the things that I teach our leaders is that confrontation is not demonic. Confrontation is not necessarily rebellion. There are some levels of confrontation that are actually healthy and a healthy culture, whether it's a church culture or organizational culture. Uh, 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 it is important, I believe, if you want it to remain healthy, that you establish a, um, an environment where people feel safe to engage in a way to where they can be honest and transparent. And there, there is a such thing as healthy confrontation. So um, most churches, I mean, not most, I can't say that, but there are some churches that if you try to have a conversation, they probably not going to have a try to have a conversation with you. They think you're trying to have a conversation with them trying to have a they think you trying to have a conversation with them is you trying to rebel, you trying to just air out uh, whatever it is. But there should be a space, I believe, for healthy dialogue, healthy confrontation. Try to have a conversation. And, and, and another reason why that's important is because in some cases. Um, the hurt that you may be experiencing is not intentional by the person, by the individuals or even by the church. Sometimes it's not intentional. It can be it can be a byproduct of a misunderstanding. It can be the byproduct. Check this out of gossip or secondhand information. It can be the byproduct um, of 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 a lie. That causes that caused um, unaddressed offense on the inside of you. 
Um, so having a conversation oftentimes clears that clears the air, brings understanding. And in some cases, it brings that church, that organization or that leader or those leaders to a place to where if they need to make adjustments, if they need to be repentant, that gives them permission to do so. I don't think the first response should be to blast people. I don't think the first response should be to go to social media, to write statuses and to do videos and to do different things that will uncover them. Because sometimes things are done unintentionally that they just need it to be brought to their attention. And if they have the Holy Spirit, if they have healthy relationships around them, then they can uh, they can make the decision to make the adjustments as as need be. All right. Another thing I want to say that is important to have a conversation is because sometimes, like I said earlier, um, there can be unaddressed offenses in you. And this is what we have to understand. Just because something hurt you doesn't mean it's church hurt. Let me say it again. Just because you got hurt in church. Or hurt by leaders within the church, whatever the case may be, it doesn't mean what you're experiencing is church hurt. This is why correction hurts as well. But we all need correction. So just your leadership, your church could be correcting you. Maybe you did something that you should not have done. You've done something that violated um, um, your covenant with with people. You've done something that you're bringing harm to yourself or harm to other people. And you needed to be corrected by that. Correction hurts as well. But correction is needed. Listen, is it church hurt or do you have a spirit of offense? That's what we got to really come down to when it comes to this first point. Is it truly church hurt or do you have offense in your heart? Because the thing about offense is that offense will make you the victim every time. So sometimes some of this stuff that we call church hurt is really not church hurt. We got to do a self-evaluation and we got to see, are we becoming the victim because we've allowed snares to go in front of us that we trip over? That's what that's what the word offense means in the Greek. It means to lay a trap, to trip over it. All right. So um, you can actually live above offense, but that's a whole nother conversation. Are, is it truly church hurt? Or do you have offense in your heart that makes you the victim in every situation? All right. So number one, try to have a conversation. Number two, uh, whether they have the conversation or whether they don't want to have the conversation with you. These other points can apply. Number two, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for the leadership. Pray for the organization. All right. The uh, Jesus said that the Jesus said to pray for those that accuse you do good to those that that spitefully use you pray for them all right number three this is important because this is very common all right when we're dealing with church hurt um number three do not create alliances friendships or networks around a wound or common enemy this is something that you have to apply if you need to get over church hurt don't create alliances, friendships or networks around a wound or common enemy. This is why that's important. Uh, the foundation, if you have relationships like that, the foundation of that relationship will dictate the tone, the commonality and the culture of that relationship. So if you're building it around wounds 
everything that you're going to do are going to the conversations are all going to tear down at that person. They're going to all you know, that's that's the foundation of the relationship and the foundation of the relationship is important. If you build upon a, 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 a toxic foundation, if you build upon toxicity, then you will need toxicity toxicity to sustain that relationship. If you build your found, if you build a relationship on the foundation of wounds, then you will ultimately need those wounds to sustain that relationship. You're going to have to keep talking about it. You're going to have to keep revisiting it. You're going to have to keep going back to it. And ultimately, that stops your healing process. Do not create alliances, friendships or networks around a wound. All right. The fourth one, get wise counsel. Now, this is the thing. Don't get counsel from people that are involved in whatever the situation was. Get wise counsel from trusted people that have nothing to do with the situation. If they're involved, most likely their counsel will be biased to some degree. Wisdom says to get counsel from people that are wise, that are mature. Come on, that are sober and that are completely isolated from the situation. Number five. Now, you may need deliverance. This is number five. Sometimes things happen and it gets so bad to a point to where you allow demons into your life. Things get so bad. Now, just because you're hurt, just because you're wounded doesn't necessarily mean that you're demonized. But there are some cases to where you just keep feeding it and feeding it and feeding the wound and you let bitterness and anger and malice and wrath and and all different types of things, unforgiveness and all types of things that become dangerous to you. And those emotions and those harbored feelings begin to open up doors for demons into your life. And sometimes you may need some deliverance. Devils cast it out of you. Demons cast it out of you because demons are intended to separate you from healthy cultures, healthy people embracing um, 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 what and who God has called you to. They are separators. They are dividers. So sometimes when you're feeling isolated, you're feeling separated, you may need some deliverance. And then the final one. Now, this is sometimes the case, but it's not always the case. Sometimes you may have to leave that culture if you haven't already. If you're listening to this, if you haven't left, sometimes if you if 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 you're sensing and you're feeling and God is speaking to you that, hey, there are just some things that are not going to change. And you're finding yourself being abused and wounded and all of those different types of things. If you're involved in sin within that church, with the leadership, with the church culture, sometimes the best thing you could do is leave. Leave and let God lead you to a place that is healthy, leads you to a place where the leadership is integral. They have integrity, leads you to a place where the culture is pressing towards Christ likeness. Come on, where they are, where, 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 where they're um, uh, uh, where, where they are, 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 are leaning and they're pressing towards a Christ culture. They're looking at the eternal church as their model, as their blueprint. And they are trying their they are their attempt, at least, is to build towards that, that we may grow up in all things. Sometimes you may just have to leave. All right. So, listen, um, I went a little over my time, but I really hope this helped you. I really do hope this helped you. And um, I actually I don't do this much, but I want to pray. 
really quickly. Let me just pray for you if you're listening. And uh, those of you who are listening, you experienced church hurt or even if you know you've experienced leadership hurt or whatever the case may be. Let me pray for you, Father. I just thank you in the name of Jesus for all of our listeners, um, wherever you're listening from, at whatever time you're listening from. I just declare in the name of Jesus that demonic cycles may be broken. I decree that dysfunctional cycles may be broken off of them in Jesus name. And Lord, I just pray that you'll begin to lead them, uh, Father, into your light, that you may lead them out of dark places, out of toxic cultures. And Lord, that you'll give them the wisdom on what it looks like to navigate through these harmful and hurtful scenarios and situations. Father, I pray right now that everyone listening that have dealt with any type of church hurt, any type of leadership hurt, um, whatever case may be, even uh, 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 amongst peers within the local church. I thank you, Father, that their hearts are open to forgive. I thank you in the name of Jesus that their minds are open to forgive. And Lord, that you'll begin a healing process on the inside of them. Lord, cleanse them and wash them. Even as you've caused your bride to be washed clean by the word, I pray that through your spoken word, your affirming word, as you've called them sons of God and daughters, I declare that your word will begin to cleanse them from all offense. In the name of Jesus, even if they need to repent, I pray that they may be open to repenting, that they may be open to repenting to you, uh, Father, repenting towards it, uh, uh, Father God, their leaders, if hallelujah, whoever's involved and Lord, that they would even apologize if need be. I thank you. And Father, there are even some listening who will never get an apology for what they've experienced. But Lord, I pray in Jesus name that you uh, will cause them to accept the apology they will never get and that they may move forward and that they may be strong. And now, Lord, I pray finally that you may begin to add covenant relationships to them. I pray, Father God, that you may begin to send brothers and sisters who will be there in times of adversity, that they will be ones who sharpen one another as a sword sharpens one another. I pray that you may send godly leaders and godly counsel and, and uh, apostolic voices that can help shape their culture into Christ likeness. I declare to be so that they will become aware of churches oh god and organizations and and, and hallelujah god that uh, uh father that exemplifies the nature of god the glory of god in the earth hallelujah the love of jesus in the earth i pray that to be so close every dark door every demonic door in the name of jesus bring correction to every ungodly alliance and every ungodly friendship that's built upon toxic things toxic conversations and lord i thank you right now that as they turn as they repent that you bring them on the path of wholeness that they should experience you in the fullness of what you have for them i pray these things to be so in jesus name amen all right you all thank you so much for tuning in i really hope this blessed you i went over but that's fine. I hope you all receive something from this. I pray you all have a great week. Until next time, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.